like I always say, if you give the metric system an inch, it'll take 1,609.34 meters. Welcome to a special summer series episode of the Mutant Musings Podcast. It's August 2020, and we'll be discussing episodes of X-Men Evolution. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is my floaty balls, Patty. Here's your reminder to leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. We ask the hard hitting questions like which of the X-Men are cake? Should Jean Grey drive a tank? Is Rhino's suit full of, and I quote, pee pee and poo poo? And can Logan be circumcised and stay circumcised? Want answers? Then you should be following us on social media. And speaking of circumcision, our language is raw and uncut. <laughs> no snip for that tip. That's right, uncircumcised language. It's just flopping out with its little hat. The hat is us cursing, and it's hard. The podcast. What I'm saying is this podcast is like a hard, uncircumcised penis that can talk, and when it talks, it curses a lot. So there's your explicit content warning. I like that one a lot. Did you really? Yeah. Why? You like it flopping out with its little hat? <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Patty? How's your summer going? Well, we haven't gone to the beach yet, so that sucks. Oh. But hopefully soon. Maybe next weekend. Maybe next weekend. Yeah. And hopefully the water's warm enough. Yeah. So you don't get upset. And and we drive four hours round trip, and Patty doesn't go in the water. Hopefully th- that doesn't happen. That's happened before. <laughs> that has happened before. Yeah, the water is too cold here. We have to go farther south. It has been apparently very warm all week because we've had a couple of heat waves recently. So the ocean has apparently been warm. There was one day, I think it was like almost 80 degrees or it was 80 degrees or something like that. I don't know. Oh, wow. Okay. Is that too warm for you? Are we going to get there? And if it's like (laughs) 80 degrees, you're going to be like, no, it's too hot. I don't want to go in the water. (laughs) No, no, it's fine. What else is going on, Patty? Uh, we're watching Oren High School Host Club, which is a very, very gay anime. <laughs> uh, it's my second or third time watching it, but it's Jonathan's first time, so I'm excited. I am happy that one of us is excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it's okay. Uh, there are certain aspects of it that I like a lot more than others. Like most of the characters I don't like. Not all of them, just most of them. Um, <laughs> and also, I I don't know how this translation is. So it could be the people who wrote the subtitles, um, and it could it could also be the you know just the original language they used. My my Japanese is very rusty, and it's not like I ever learned a lot of it anyway. But there are some really uh, not okay words that are used in this anime. And yeah, that's that's a little upsetting. Other than that, you know, I mean, I'm not in love with it, but it is mostly enjoyable. Yes. But when those instances of certain words come up, it's really upsetting. It's like really upsetting to sit there and see that. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so let's get started because Patty's got to go hang out with some friends. Oh, yeah. Patty's busy while Jonathan is sick with a with a, some sort of a throat infection. But that's okay. I'm ready to go. I've got two monsters and a full cup of coffee. So I'm ready to soothe my throat uh, with some caffeine. Uh, so yeah, so so these episodes uh, were ones that 
our listeners slash followers slash randos on social media helped pick. And it's interesting to me because the first two episodes we're talking about, it's a two-parter, but they it, it got like the overwhelming majority of votes. And it's like, it's really, it's really kind of like a, a, a sad and serious two-parter, but it was enjoyable. So it is the uh, season finale of uh, uh, season two, uh, Day of Reckoning. Uh, again, this is a two-parter that concludes season two. It starts out with Wolverine in the sewer and some military dudes are chasing him. And Logan is is chasing Sabretooth. And then we get Metal starts bending. Metal bending. So it can't be Toph because Toph's not in this show. Or at least not in this season. I don't know if she appears in any other season. But it's not Toph. So we assume it's Magneto. Uh, but then the military manages to to capture Wolverine and Sabretooth gets away. And and so, yeah. So, so that's the opening. Wolverine's in trouble. He's a damsel in distress. Yeah, he is the princess that is in another castle. Uh, so if if Wolverine is the princess, then who is Mario? Uh, Jean, because she's red. <laughs> yeah, Jean is uh, Jean's Italian. How do you feel about that, Patty? Jean is, is very Italian. Yeah, she loves her pizza and she loves her plumbing. Listen, I love pizza. <laughs> she loves. I know you're Italian too. Ugh. Uh, yeah, ugh. Uh, yeah, Jean. Jean loves the plumbing. She absolutely loves Logan's plumbing. But no, that's not okay in this show. Because they're underage and Wolverine is an adult. And I'm kind of happy they did that, to be honest. Yeah, no, and it was uh it was kind of creepy. I mean, I haven't seen all of this, but it was creepy to see, you know, uh Gambit trying to like flirt with Rogue. Yes. I, I remember that kind of sort of when I saw it the first time. I, I get what you're saying about Rogue and Gambit. There is actually another episode, and in that, and I barely remember it too. It's been so many years, um, but that one seemed a little bit more problematic because, yeah, she's a high school girl, and he is clearly an adult. And so, in the scene that they share in in Day of Reckoning, you could just kind of chalk that up to him using his powers of charm, you know, uh, his you know his eyes mesmerizing her to like put her out of commission. But it does get a little bit more problematic. Uh, in a later episode, if I remember correctly. But anyway, so they're trying to, the X-Men are trying to find Logan. They can't find him. Xavier seems like he's getting like uncharacteristically mad at Jean. And we cut to Mystique and she's talking to the Brotherhood uh, immediately after this scene with Xavier and Jean. Mystique is talking to the Brotherhood and and she thinks that Magneto has Wolverine. So we cut back to the X-Men and so there's this really intense danger room session against Magneto. Uh, I, it looks like uh, they're being hit with paintball pellets, and so most of the I thought new... it was oranges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what they use in the danger room. That's what they use in the danger room. They use oranges. They don't use paint. You can't wash paint out, you know? I mean, you just, you can't. Paint ruins everything. So how do we get around that? You shoot oranges, because you can wash the orange stains out. Exactly. Yeah, it's like orange glow. That stuff that you use for stains, am I right? Yes. yes. So oranges, if I may, oranges actually get rid of stains. So oranges are the more laundry efficient detergent <laughs> to use, is what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, instead of using Tide Pods, use oranges. Because you can eat the oranges, you can't eat the Tide Pods, huh? You remember that? Yeah, remember, it wasn't that long ago, people were eating it, yeah. Yeah, you guys remember. But this is this is funny. So a lot of new mutants were getting were getting tagged and out of the session, and uh, 
Magma almost gets hit and she like joins the other X-Men. I just I just thought this was really funny. She said something like Scott was like, you know, how far out is he? And she's like, oh, it's about like 37 kilometers. And Scott goes, what? That's 22 miles. Because he can do the math in his head so fast. She goes, I mean, meters. Ugh, I hate the metric system. And I was like, Patty is going to love this line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, Scott tells all the X-Men to rush the Magneto robot. And, of course, they the, the X-Men lose. They're, they all end up getting tagged. And Xavier is just fucking berating all of them. He's yelling. And, it's again, it's, like, really uncharacteristic. Uh, and then he's like, oh, we need to bolster our ranks. And he welcomes in the Brotherhood. And Scott is really mad. Like, in, in a relatively recent to this episode, they had just fought, I believe, in a mall when the Brotherhood had just recruited Wanda. Uh, onto the team and i believe the brotherhood won and scott is like what are you kidding like we just fought these these assholes like they've been antagonizing us for almost two full seasons now and you fucking want the brotherhood to join the x-men and scott just walks away and i thought that was amazing i was so happy for him it was a little sad but you know i was happy for him i was proud of my boy for standing up to his principles what why is that no funny? i was i was excited to see them join together because like i don't know i like the brotherhood i like a lot of the characters on the team you just think avalanche is hot you think i animated- do think avalanche <laughs> is hot okay yeah. sorry okay. about it it's it's okay it's 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 all right he's he's a handsome man so anyway so logan got captured by uh by trask He's got these, like, electrified shackles on him, and he's taking him into some fucking underground base. And Logan is trying to, like, get out of him what he plans on doing. And Trask is just basically like, you know, you people, you mutants, you're a threat, you're a menace, you're poison in our gene pool. And Logan is, like, trying to... Gene pool? (laughs) (laughs) I'll swim in Gene's pool. You gotta flood her basement first. That's how you you fill up the pool, by flooding her basement. Okay. So, like, Logan is like, some of us fight for good. And Trask is like, but we get caught caught in the crossfire. Logan says something about how Trask used to work for S.H.I.E.L.D. or something. And he's like, I was there to, like long enough to learn about you mutant scum. So he's obviously doing something really shady. And he's managed to capture Logan for whatever sort of purposes. But Gene manages to locate Logan. So the teams take off in the fucking jets. And then suddenly, somehow... Mystique is in the mansion and sets it to DEFCON 4 lockdown with the new mutants trapped inside. And I thought that this was funny that Cannonball was flying towards the doors as they were closing. Magma managed to jump out just in time, but Cannonball just went like headfirst into it and left a Cannonball-shaped dent. And I thought that was kind of funny and cute. But Boom Boom comes by uh, just in time to help Amara get out of there. And Scott is fucking sitting on the hill with his car brooding. I feel like I I saw you look at that and chuckle. Yeah, I did. On the hilltop on his car, just looking kind of sad. Yeah, that's that's exactly who Cyclops is. This show nailed it. <laughs> what? He's probably a cancer. What? Why would you why would you say that in such an insulting manner? And I know full fucking well that you hate Cyclops. And why would you accuse him? In such a negative manner of being my astrological sign, Patty. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was really messed up. That was legitimately messed up, Patty. 
Sorry, I thought it was funny. I'm a cancer. Astrology is fake. It doesn't fucking mean anything. I see you post things where you're like, <laughs> no, I'm the Gemini. I'm like super nice and I'm also super mean. Ha ha ha. So, yeah. But everybody is like that too. It's all bullshit. Everybody cries. Everybody's a cancer. Everybody's angry. Everybody's an Aries. Those are the only two signs I know. Three signs. Wait, no, Leos are like in love with themselves. I, I know Leo because Raz is a Leo. <laughs> yes, your dog falls under the Leo astrological sign and has all of the Leo traits. There's also Scorpio. I think Scorpios like sex. I think that's how it goes for Scorpios. Oh, you know, you know how I know astrology is bullshit because Abe is an Aries. What does that mean? Aries are like, like, uh, just want to like explode the world angry all the time. Oh, okay. So wait. So so Aries are are just angry all the time? Yeah, Becca was an Aries. That's why I know. Oh. That. Oh, okay. All right. Well, your one example certainly disproves all of astrology. <laughs> so yeah, so they go to Broody Scott and and they get him. They're like, "Oh, the mansion is going nuts and it's attacking us. Something is wrong here." Uh and then you cut to underground where Trask has Logan and uh, there's a prototype sentinel to defend the human race. And Logan is going to be the test subject. And we sort of see the sentinel here. Uh, we see more of what it's capable of uh, later, I think, in part two. But I think it's a neat little redesign. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the X-Men animated series sort of stuck with the classic look of the sentinels from the com. Well, not all right. The redesign of the sentinels by then, not like the original sentinels. They were looked fucking weird but but i kind of like the redesign for for the the sentinel in this show and it was able to open up its chest and it had some holes it had some good time holes in its chest okay. i don't know uh i thought it looked okay i mean they changed the look of a lot of things in this show um like you know i laughed at how gambit looked because um he's not sexy <laughs> and he's got that little like soul patch also, uh, Colossus's hair looks weird when he's in human form. It looks fine when he's like hard, <laughs> but um, it does look fine when he's hard, right? Yeah, right. I like. I really like Pyro's redesign though that they did for the show, and I really you like. Really? Um, yeah, I really like most of the other kids too, except um, Amara. Like them making her have brown hair she looks a lot like kitty i know she doesn't look like kitty like in the show her design because her hair is a little bit different but like when i saw her at first i thought it was kitty that's interesting i didn't even think about that I wanted to make her like actually you know brazilian or something they should have made her darker skin because she still looked white but just with brown hair really you think so yeah i, think, I do think so I think I think she looked sort of I mean I do see what you're saying but her her skin tone was was darker but I will say that they drew her and Jubilee almost exactly the same like the facial features and the hair it was just you know Jubilee is you know Chinese so she's not dark skinned but otherwise and you saw Jubilee for maybe a total of 10 seconds in one of these episodes Aww. um and that was pretty much it. I mean, she was wearing like the fucking yellow coat and that and that's about it. Otherwise, they looked like exactly the same. So that that's sort of my gripe with with the designs. I was happy to see that Amara got to turn full magma uh in this. I, it was brief. I think it was in part 2, but but yeah, it was pretty cool. 
so yeah, so so the fucking X Men and Brotherhood locate Logan to this sort of like industrial park that's like run down and abandoned. Um, and there are these fucking orbs there. And yeah, so we see uh, Magneto's team and Sabretooth, Gambit, Pyro, and Colossus. And in the meantime, fucking Magma, yeah, this is where it happens. The beginning of part two is when she turns like full fire form and burns away the fucking the side of the cliff and her and Scott and Boom Boom get inside so they can get into the mansion and try to shut everything down. But, uh, but yeah, so, like, the X-Men and Brotherhood are creeping around because they don't see Magneto's team. And they're supposed to be the Acolytes, by the way. At least the team name is supposed to be. Because they weren't going to have, like, what Mystique's Brotherhood, what Magneto's Brotherhood, like, in the comics. So these were supposed to be the quote-unquote Acolytes, even though it's a completely different situation. But, yeah, so this card just sort of, like, falls in and somebody else run and then it explodes. And then Wanda realizes that this is all a trap because she realizes that Pietro knows something and Pietro runs off. And Wanda spends most of the fight just looking around because she feels like her dad is is somewhere there. And uh, my my biggest disappointment out of anything we're talking about today is just like in the comics, as soon as Pyro starts making the fire, and he's he's doing good. He's got a good time. He's having a good time. <laughs> he makes his big flamey hand that smacks the ground. And, you know, he's looking happy. And then, you know, Storm decides to fucking join the battle and just immediately rains on him. Like, fucking... And I'm like, why? Why do we have to do this every time? Just fucking let him have some fun. Let him be happy. You know? Like, what does she have against Australians? That's just fucked up. But in the meantime, the mansion explodes. So the mansion just fucking self-destructs, and we don't know if Scott saved everyone or not. Like, And I'm like, why is that even an option? What, to blow up the mansion? Yeah, when would that ever be necessary? If a villain compromised it or something. Yeah, but if a villain was in it and they self-destructed it, they would kill the villain and the X-Men don't kill. Yeah, sometimes the X-Men kill, Patty. Sometimes they do. (laughs) What you do is you just call it X-Force. Like, (laughs) you just call it X-Force. Like, okay, Logan, I W X-Force for the next five minutes. And then the X-Men can kill because now Wolverine is X-Force. So he's allowed (laughs) to kill the villain for ten minutes. (laughs) I mean, that's a good question. I feel like Child Protective Services would have some questions about that. Like, hey, if you've got, like, you know, a few dozen children, like, in this quote-unquote school, why are there lasers buried under the front lawn? Why are there, like you know, missile launchers that come down from the ceiling. I I don't know, but, you know, that's Xavier for you. So there was, you know, a big fight between the X-Men Brotherhood and and the Acolytes. And uh, I thought it was was cool how Blob went after Colossus and knocked him into the building, and then Kitty dragged him inside, and then Avalanche knocked the building down. It It was honestly fun seeing, like, the two teams work together. Magneto... Uh, he's on uh, fucking the top of a building. He shakes the ground. It opens up and the teams fall in. This is where Trask is. Uh, the guards have the team surrounded and then a sentinel comes out and the acolytes get in the orbs and take off. And so like this, it, like you can sort of put this together that this was Magneto's plan. He knew about the sentinels being built. He knew about like uh, Trask building them. He lured uh, the X-Men to where Logan was so the sentinel would go after uh, the X-Men and the Brotherhood, and it was it would expose what humanity is doing. And so that's what happens. Like, they go back above ground, and the Sentinel is going after the X-Men and the Brotherhood, like, in fucking crowded streets. There's, like, people, like, in their cars, there's people on the sidewalk, and this giant fucking Sentinel is breaking shit and throwing mutants around, and shit is fucking 
getting destroyed and Magneto's like, and now the whole world will know of us. Um, and so, yeah, so there's a fucking like news helicopter and it's like, oh, the whole world's got to see this. And like people are watching like their classmates on TV. And I just want to reiterate that Trask said that his problem with mutants was that they always got caught in the crossfire, the humans. Yeah. Yeah. So what is he doing right now? (laughs) Because there might be some humans around where the Sentinel is destroying shit and the mutants are just fighting for their lives. But that's not my business. Do you remember that board game Crossfire from the 90s? No, I guess I'd never heard of it. There was, I've never forgotten this in my life. It has been probably 25 plus years since I've seen one of the commercials, but it was like, crossfire, you get caught up in the crossfire. And there were like these two kids who were maybe like around 10. You had like this little fucking gun on this board and you shot marbles. Oh, okay. I think I've seen this. (laughs) I looked up a picture of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there were like these little plastic pieces that would spin and I think, like, you had to blast the plastic pieces into, like, the other person's little fucking pocket thing on the board. It was, like, ice hockey. Not but ice with, hockey, air hockey. Yeah, that one. But with with guns. And marbles. And <laughs> every time I see or hear the word crossfire, that's the first thing I think of. Crossfire! Yeah. Yes, it's a jam. You should listen to it. No. <laughs> Somebody out there knows what the fuck I'm talking about. All right, anyway. And I guess uh, before this, the world didn't know about mutants, but they did now not. everybody does. And they know exactly who they are. And Magneto, maybe this was a bad idea. <laughs> he's being rude. He just outed a whole bunch of mutants, and uh, he's just standing on a building far away with the helmet, so nobody can see him. Yeah, I know. That, that certainly was very shitty of him. Yeah, so so the mutants that are trying to fight the Sentinel and, like, help people, the, like, the mutants start getting fucking gooped. Yeah. Aurora gets mad. I thought this was so cool. She just starts walking, like, aggressively towards it. And, like, these fucking little twisters are spinning up around her. And But, like, she still doesn't stop it. But Kurt manages to steal a grenade and drops it from, like, the Marines flying overhead. He drops it in the Sentinel. Um, and then it explodes. Magneto is, like too busy to do anything because wanda comes by wanda hates her dad because her powers were like out of control when they first manifested and she couldn't control her anger so he had her locked away in a mental institution if uh if i remember correctly they showed a couple of little flashbacks they didn't get too into it in these episodes because they had already touched on it in a past episode but but yeah so she hates her dad and by the way spoilers magneto is the dad of wanda and pietro in x-men evolution because that's what we still believed in the comics at the time. That's what I still believe. Because <laughs> I don't believe in retcons. You can't change my mind once you already told me something. Uh, so yeah, so the Sentinel explodes and like falls down on top of Magneto. It looks like it crashes on top of him. And then all of the non-gooped X-Men escape. And then, uh, and then yeah, you cut to the news. Superpowers, can we trust them? And, like, everyone comes back to the fucking uh, destroyed mansion. And they're like, oh, my God, where is everybody? And so, like, Scott and all the new mutants, like, walk out of the bushes. And Scott's shirt is torn. And he's looking all mad. He looks so awesome. He walks right up to Xavier, grabs him, and lifts him up. And then, like, throws him on the ground and is like, you did this. And then, whoop, it's, it turns out that Xavier was Mystique. Oops. It's always Mystique's fault. Cliffhanger. Yeah. 
<laughs> it is. It is always Mystique's fault. She's awful. She's so awful. So yeah, and that was the end of season two. And it just left on that fucking cliffhanger, basically. Um, I wasn't watching this at the time it was coming out, so I did not have to wait very long before <laughs> I saw the next episode. But yeah, that was the that was the end of season two. Left on a very, very sad note. So what did you think of these two episodes? I thought they were good. I was hoping that we would watch the next episode so we could continue to see what happens. It wasn't really a two-part episode. It was a three-part episode. Yeah. That still continued, but you didn't let me continue watching it. Patty, so. you... <laughs> Listen, as soon as you're done hanging out with your friends, you can watch the next episode. You can watch whatever episodes that you want. <laughs> Fine. No, but honestly, um, see the first episode of season three... I mean, yeah, it's it's sort of like... I mean, they're all sort of cliffhangers. Um, you know, it's not like every episode is a standalone episode. So there's always more story to continue. But I, I just feel like this season two ending was like a huge cliffhanger. And the first episode of season three t- at least tied some of it up. It, it didn't end on a like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? It was just more like... Oh, so now we have to go figure something out. Hurrah. And then it just like, <laughs> I, I really, I liked how, you know, this introduced the Sentinels like halfway through the show, basically. You know, there were a lot of other conflicts in school, dealing with the Brotherhood, dealing with Mystique, dealing with whatever. Um, And it's only, you know, halfway through that the Sentinel gets introduced. And it it makes sense, too, because, you know, as we've established, mutants haven't been out and known to the world. They've been keeping themselves hidden. Even though the X-Men are going to, like, a public high school, they're keeping all of their powers a secret. And so I thought that this was a a really interesting way to to sort of introduce mutants to the world and also what fucking humanity's response to them is. Because that's really scary. It's like... Okay, well, now you people know that mutants exist, but also look at what, you know, some fucking asshole is trying to do to his species. He's trying to create these fucking giant robots to come fucking destroy mutants. And, you know, if his concern is that humans get caught in the, caught in the crossfire, exactly as you said, look what just happened. It's not like, like how much control do you actually have over this giant robot that can launch fucking missiles? Like, there's going to be collateral damage. I do agree that Mystique is awful, and I thought that that it was really neat that she managed to infiltrate the school and pose as Professor X. And, you know, Jean, uh, even though obviously Jean is very powerful, she couldn't uh, probe Mystique's mind. So there was no way that Jean was going to know that Xavier was actually Mystique. And so, you know, when you look back on, like, the beginning of, I think, part one, Xavier's got Jean on Cerebro. He's trying to train her to use it. And I wonder why that is. Well, it's because it was Mystique all along. So I thought that was that was neat how they kind of set that up. I did like um, seeing Jean actually do something other than passing out. <laughs> but I feel like when I watched the show, like, well, she was definitely not my favorite in the show. I feel like she was just kind of like there. What? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I only saw, like, the first season, so she just felt like a, like a mom character. She is a mom character. Jean is mom. Well, I, I know, but, like, she has, like, other layers to her. Like the phoenix? Yeah, well, that's part of it, but (laughs) I don't know. I didn't feel like I saw anything other than just, like, a mom character when I saw the first season, but, I mean, like I said, that's all that I saw, so... 
She got mom jeans. That's what she is. She's got the mom jeans. Uh huh. I'm funny sometimes, <laughs> but whatever. I don't know. I kind of liked Jean for that, for her being sort of like the mom character, um, as well as you know very powerful. But but yeah, alas, no Phoenix. All right. So, did you enjoy seeing the X Men covered in goop? Do you wonder why Wanda is mad at Dad? Don't rain on Pyro's parade, folks, because we'll be right back after the commercial break. Oh, hello there. My friend Logan and I are here to tell you about this great website, geekade.com. Isn't that right, Logan? <laughs> bub, stab, rrr, bub, jean, bub, bub, beer. You got it, Logan. Geekade.com is a website full of articles and podcasts about tons of different geeky topics. Ah, bub, bub, tree hump. Exactly. Do you like Star Wars and Pokemon? Video games and anime? What about horror movies and comic books? Geekade.com has something for every geek. Snicked, snicked, dick, dick. Oh, you're right, Logan. Geekade.com even has YouTube and Twitch channels. No matter what your geeky interest, Geekade.com has got you covered. Yeah, Scott, meet, bub. Ha, <laughs> you're so funny, Logan. Check out Geekade.com today. Bub, 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 bub. All right, so the next episode we're talking about was tied in third place. Uh, it got the third most votes with the last episode that we're going to be talking about. What got in second place, and the reason why I skipped it, was because it was the two-part finale of the show. And uh, we're not watching that yet. <laughs> uh, I <laughs> We are definitely going to watch this show at some point in, in the not-too-distant future, from beginning to end. So all of these things will make sense. But yes, we're, we're not doing that. But yeah, so the next episode we're talking about is the first episode of Season 3, and it is Day of Recovery. And so it was really nice how this worked out. Because we had the two-part Season 2 finale, uh, Day of Reckoning, and we go right into Day of Recovery. So we get to see this whole thing kind of tied up. This opens... This episode was amazing. It was really amazing. It opened so strong. It ended so strong. The middle was great. I, I absolutely loved this episode. And it wasn't just, you know, Scott yelling at Mystique for impersonating the professor. <laughs> and Gene stating that, you know... Uh, I can't read her mind. Like, okay, like we 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 get all this now. But suddenly, the fucking police and the military show up at the mansion because they see on TV they're fucking identifying the mutants. Like, whoop, that's Kitty Pride. Whoop, that's Jean Grey. Like, whoop, we can see you. And so it's it's great. They don't pause and try to explain anything to the police, or it's just immediately fuck the police. Yeah, it's just immediately fuck the police. One of the cops yells, "Freeze!" And Bobby is like, "Sure." And he just fucking, like, shoots ice at the cops. Scott blows the tires out of a Hummer. Berserker blows up the cop cars. Wanda blows up their guns. Fucking one of the, one of the, I think a couple of the cops actually captured Jean and put her in the back of the car. Yeah. And Kurt, Kurt teleports in and steals the car. He starts driving it away. And this was an amazing scene. I loved all of this. I loved all of this. You know, some of the fighting in, like, the Day of Reckoning between, like, the X-Men Brotherhood and the Acolytes, it was kind of like, meh, uh, honestly. But I genuinely love this. Maybe it's just because they were fighting the cops or something. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, it made me so fucking happy watching this scene. I figured you would like it, too. I did. Um, 
I really liked the whole uh, fight scene. I thought it was really funny. And then, you know, Kitty just phases through some cops into the car with uh, Kurt and Jean. And then um, one of the other ones jumps in the car with them, too. So that was great. They basically just um, get away from the cops and say that they're going to all rendezvous secretly later. Yeah. And the news was like, are we being invaded by alien beings? (laughs) Yeah. Berserker manages to get some of the new mutants into the sewers, which was which was neat. Because, you know, Berserker was a Morlock, so I thought that that was nifty. But the X-Men and, and the Brotherhood meet up at this fucking, like, cliff uh, at night. Uh, this was an interesting, interesting take from Mystique that this proves Xavier was wrong. Mutants and humans cannot coexist in peace. And, you know, I mean, that was a, like a powerful statement, the way she said it right then. But obviously a lot more can be said about that because... Like, mutants have just been revealed to the world. We don't know how everyone is going to react to it. There's also, you know, politicians and the media to look at in this sort of situation because you know some politicians and some members of the media are going to be like exactly what Patty was just saying. Like, are we being invaded by alien beings? Neighbor against neighbor, the mutant menace, paranoia. Oh my God, everything is awful. And then, you know, there's going to be some of those people who are out there calling for peace and want more information before jumping to conclusions. So I disagree with Mystique here, obviously, but it was just a really interesting point to bring up right then. Um, And what's really funny is Nick Fury just fucking walks right out of the bushes. Just like, whoop, hello, I'm chewing on my toothpick. And yeah, Scott was like, did everybody know about our secret meeting? (laughs) I thought that, that that was funny. He's got like a bunch of fucking shield agents surrounding them with guns. And he actually hands over maps and schematics of the base where they're holding uh, the ones who got captured, like Beast and Blob, because, you know, the X-Men and Brotherhood want to go get their their members back. She also wants to confirm that Magneto is dead um, and also get transport to the base uh, where they're holding the mutants. So this was really funny. Gene telekinetically steals a jet. I love that. I loved saying those words. I love that those (laughs) words just came out of my mouth. And like stealth, like stealthily too. She telekinetically steals a jet. Yes, from behind fucking a fucking soldier. I loved that. Also, this whole time, this whole episode, they're basically like following Mystique. Like she's in charge. She's taking lead. And like, is everybody just forgiving her for trying to murder a bunch of our children? Yeah, right. Because that <laughs> seems like it's okay now. Because like. She's like, oh, no, I have to be in charge because I know where Xavier is. And everybody's just like, okay, and completely forgets that she just tried murdering a bunch of teenagers. I guess they overlooked that. (laughs) I mean, if there's one thing that the X-Men are good at, it's overlooking things. That's true. Uh, I get exactly what you're saying, and I thought about that, too, um, when she's like, no, I'm in charge. And I'm like, bitch, what? But whatever. So Toad and Wanda go to confirm whether Magneto is dead or not, and they find that his body isn't there. And she finds out um, that her brother ran in and saved Magneto. And my favorite part of that entire scene was that Toad called Wanda cuddle bumps. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what cuddle bumps are, but I think it sounds very cute. And with Toad's funny accent in this show... Uh, sort of, I don't know, what it, what kind of accent is that? Like a New York accent, I guess. Uh, cuddle bumps, I, I can't I can't do it right. He's my just... bumps, my bumps, my lovely cuddle bumps. 
That was that was good. That was very good. And you say that you're not creative. That's a load of shit. Look how fucking creative and talented. That's not creative. I just stole a song. (laughs) Yeah, but that's what Weird Al does for a living, and you love Weird Al. (laughs) All right. Anyway, so yeah, so so they steal a jet and they get to this fucking base. Mystique, uh, Mystique flies in through an open window and like turns off the fucking electric gates so everyone can get in. And uh, so they they split up and Kitty and Bobby uh, find uh, this fucking electrical box to turn off the alarms. He goes to cut it. So he uses the pliers and he fucking snips the wire and everything is okay. But then he drops the fucking pliers on the floor and they hit some of like the sensors that are on the floor and then all the fucking alarms start going off. Um, The soldiers are fucking like running through the base with their fucking guns and Spike helps get Logan free, and then they start, like, breaking each other out of the fucking, um, their cells, and, like, the blob breaks free of, like, the goop, and so, like, they're all running, and they're all gonna fucking escape. Avalanche was about to kill some fucking soldiers. I thought that that was interesting. Mystique yelled for him to, like, stop these soldiers that were right behind him, and it looked like he was gonna fucking crush them. Well, she, she said crush them, to be fair. (laughs) Okay, well, all right. Well, crushing may or may not involve killing in this instance, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that it does. Well, Jean Jean saved the day. She saved the soldiers, which, okay, maybe not the right idea because they'll just come back for you later, but whatever. Yeah. But then suddenly all the doors close. Everything is being sealed off until Bobby finds an escape hatch and everybody starts climbing out. The X-Men, the Brotherhood, they all are climbing out. Blob gets stuck. And this was funny. Uh, and cute, and then Kitty helps phase him through so he can get out. And Scott and Mystique are are the last two to come out, and I I loved this is like my favorite fucking moment. I love Scott Summers so goddamn much. Scott climbs out, and then he closes the fucking gate on Mystique, and he's looking at her. She's like, "What? Are you insane?" And Scott's like, "Where's Xavier?" She goes, "Let me pass. Or you'll never see him again." And <laughs> he says something like, "You're running out of time." And she's about to say, you don't have the balls. I'm assuming. At least that's what it is in my head. She just says, you don't have the... And then Scott closes the latch. He just closes it on her so she can get captured by the fucking guards. Beautiful. Chef kiss. I'm sorry, Raven. You are wrong. Scott definitely does have the balls. He does. He has all the balls. That was amazing. Oh, yeah. And then, like, Avalanche starts, like, trying to go to attack Scott or whatever. And Jean's like, you guys can kick each other's asses later. We have to get out of here. Yeah. And this is like the second time in two episodes because I think in the previous episode when they were fighting and a bunch of them were trying to get on the jet and I think it was Xavier or something who said like, oh, just leave them behind. And Storm was like, you're right. We have to leave them. I was like, what? That doesn't sound very X-Men to me, but whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. The ones that got gooped. Yeah. Yeah, Storm was like, no, you're right. We have to get out of here and we'll get them later. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and this is what listen this is what the x-men do the x-men overlook um attempted child murder and they leave each other behind i mean that's one of you know that's just one of the things x-men are known for every man for himself <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah so you know everyone escapes except for mystique 
the Brotherhood, since their identities have been exposed, they can't stay in that same house that they've been staying in. The X-Men are, you know, overlooking the uh, the town and they're like, the Institute's gone. Professor X is missing. Can't go back to the school. And it's open season on mutants. And Roro's just like, well, we have to teach the world we're the good guys before it's too late. And now I'll never find out where they go or what happens because we did not watch the next episode. Patty, we will never, we will <laughs> never, we will never ever find out because immediately after we're done recording this episode, they are taking X-Men Evolution <laughs> off of the internet. It's, it's coming off of the internet. You you didn't hear about that. You, right before we started recording, I was like, oh shit, Patty's going to be mad. The fucking Disney <laughs> Plus put out a press release that they're fucking taking down X-Men Evolution, so we are never going to know what happens. Patty, we're going to watch the show. We're going okay. to watch the whole show. I liked the teams working together. I thought that was cute. Definitely. Um, I liked fighting the police. Was that this episode? <laughs> yeah, that was this. Okay. <laughs> Caliban was there, so that was cute. Oh, yeah, and then we found out that Pietro saved Daddy. And Wanda was mad about it. She's going to stay mad about it. She looks like that girl from that movie that everybody likes, the witch movie. The witch movie? What, The Craft? Yeah, she looks like that girl. Oh, uh, wasn't she the one? Uh, she's the same one from The Waterboy. Who's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. The one that everybody was like, in love with. Everybody's seen that movie except me, I swear. But I know that they like directly ripped off a scene from that movie, too. Uh, when they were walking down the hallway. So I guess that was like intentional that they made her look like that. Probably. I have never seen The Craft either. Oh, we should watch it then. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed this episode too for, for you know, a lot, of the, a lot of the same reasons. The opening where they're fighting the cops was just awesome. Uh, it was great to see the two teams working together. Again, I cannot stress enough how much I love that fucking... Um, aggressive Scott moment where he just fucks over Mystique. Um, if I do, if I remember correctly, I think there's an episode later where she does get her revenge on him. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that there was. She um, tried to kill his children. I don't think she <laughs> needs revenge. That was his revenge. She doesn't get to get revenge on his revenge. I really, I really did like this. I think this was a great episode. This is a great way to sort of tie up that two part season finale for season two. And, uh, and yeah, so that, so that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. It's just, it's kind of crazy though, because when, when you think about it, like, like they're, they're fucking teenagers. They are, this is like, at least most of them are anyway, you know, they're in fucking high school and they're, you know, breaking into a fucking like military base to like save some of their friends, you know? And I mean, it's just, it's weird thinking about it because like the stories that, were the the X-Men stories in the 60s that were like in the comics, you know, when they actually were teenagers were super ridiculous uh, and not all very good. <laughs> and so I think that this is a really interesting way to sort of retell early X-Men stories in a contemporary way. Well, contemporary for the early 2000s. Um, and it still resonates today anyway um, for the settings and whatever. But um, it's a really interesting sort of way to tell, you know, stories of, about the X-Men when they're young. You know, there's only a few of them that are adults. Wolverine, Storm, Beast, the rest of them are fucking, they're kids. And this is what they're doing. This is the world that they live in. And I don't know, I really, I really like it. I think it was beautifully illustrated in these three episodes that we just talked about. 
Um, and especially this one. I love the way that this one ended. But anyway, the last X-Men Evolution episode that we're going to talk about is another X-23 episode, uh, Target X. We talked about her first appearance last year, and uh, this one got the third most votes tied with uh, Day of Recovery. Uh, Target X. I believe that those are the only two episodes that heavily feature Laura, but I don't, I don't think that they're the only two that she showed up in. But they're the only two that feature her anyway. So yeah, this is, this is Target X. This was okay. I mean, I love, I love X twenty three, but I don't feel like this episode was quite as strong as her first appearance. That's that's just my opinion. Well, yeah, because I mean, anybody's first appearance is gonna have more of an impact. Probably. I mean, you know, this this you know kind of tied up what happened to her from uh, from the X twenty three episode. I don't know if you remember when Shield was showing up at the mansion and Wolverine was just like, "Go, get out of here," and she just like runs off into the woods. And it's like, whoop, where is this child going to live? Where is she going to eat? Is she going to find shelter? She just runs off into the wilderness. And, uh, you know, this sort of continues that. Last year, we were kind of laughing about that. Like, wait, what? <laughs> but anyway, so Logan's at a cafe reading the paper. And, uh, you know, some of the fucking new mutants are there. And they want him to continue being their instructor. They have class with Scott and Jean. And they don't want to have class with Scott and Jean. Um, but Wolverine smells something. So he goes in an alleyway, as one does. When you smell something <laughs> weird, you walk into an alleyway by yourself. And then whoop, tendrils grab him. And it places a thing on his forehead and incapacitates him. So Logan is fucking chained up. He manages to cut through his fucking chains. He manages to cut through the wall of wherever he's being held. And he sees that he's on a plane. And this was this was fucking stupid and hilarious to me, right? So these fucking soldiers come in. They see that he's gotten out of his chains. They see that there's a giant hole in the side of this airplane. And they decide to fire at him. They shoot at him. And no fucking shit. He falls out of the plane. Like, what were they expecting? <laughs> anyway, yeah. So he just fucking, he just keeps falling and grumbling and yelling about it. And uh, so Omega Red and Gauntlet go looking for him in the fucking wilderness. And Logan tries to hide. Omega Red grabs him. But then Laura jumps in. Uh, she slices off the tendrils, knocks out Gauntlet, and then helps Logan and, like, yells at him, like, get up! And they're fucking, like, limping away. And so we see that Gauntlet and Omega Red are working for Hydra, and Gauntlet says that the target has arrived, X-23 is in play. So, yeah, I it, it was funny to see, like, that hole in the airplane, and the guards stupidly shoot at Logan, but that was the plan. This is the plan is to lure X-23 out because Hydra wants her back. And it's also funny how Laura is just like berating Logan the whole fucking time. Why are you here? You're you should be healed by now. You're slowing me down. It's just it's hilarious. And like he's trying to be nice. <laughs> he's trying to like explain like, oh, I'm not as young as I used to be. But like, yeah, I mean, I was going to say like this kind of uh, showcases that Laura is uh, stronger and more efficient than Logan. Yes. And uh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely she is. And she's fucking, you know, she's got a lot more attitude than him, which is hilarious to see as well. So they cut to the classroom where Jean and Scott are trying to teach the new mutants. And Jean is like, physics, geometry, math, this is important. And Scott is passing out papers and Magma burns one. Uh, and Jean is like, who else needs a, uh, needs a handout? 
and multiple, just like a, him and a bunch of his dupes raised their hands, and I thought that was really cute. And yes, by the way, his name, his code name, is just multiple because he is not yet a man. Multiple boy. <laughs> That's multiple not what they, is a stupid code name. That's what they went with. They called him multiple. I hate it. <laughs> And Gene's like, at least Bobby is paying attention. And it's an ice clone and it falls and it breaks. And Gene is like, oh, like, oh my God, because it tips over and shatters. And like, like, oh, where's Bobby? And then everybody runs out of the classroom. I'll go look for him. I'll go look for him. And it's like, ah, oh, fucking teenagers. Because like Gene and Scott are only like a few years older than the rest of the kids. Like they're still teenagers themselves. So yeah. uh, obviously the kids aren't going to want to pay attention and learn like the physics of eye blast or whatever the fuck bullshit class that they're trying to teach like it sounds boring and that's why they wanted logan to teach the class instead because he would just be like stab things (laughs) because they get to play outside when logan's in charge Um, yeah but anyway fucking omega red and gauntlet manage to push logan and x23 into a trap they get cornered and knocked out and they get taken into this fucking hydra base logan called it and laura was like no yeah. And he's like, well, I'm experienced. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. He's older. He's more experienced. He's he's been around a few times. He's been around the block a few times. He's been he's been down a few alleys. He's uh he's experienced some tentacles in those alleys, you know? He knows what he's been down about. some boulevards, he's uh crossed some avenues. <laughs> yeah. Laura was trying to get captured. Because she's trying to take out Hydra bases. That's what she's been doing single-handedly. Yeah, she's a badass. She really is. He was like, why would you do this? And she's like, they're going to keep trying killing me, so I'm going to kill them all first. Fuck them. Uh, Yeah, exactly. And they're going to wipe uh, X-23's mind and memory uh, with no free will, so they're going to make her the perfect weapon. So anyway, so Omega Red is going to fucking smack Wolverine around, but like a moron, he lifts up the chair and throws the chair that Wolverine is in into the control panels, <laughs> uh, which undo Logan shackles. So then Logan knocks him out. They cut to Laura, and she was playing possum. There was this um, one of those fucking little circle fucking things on her head that Omega Red had initially put on Logan to incapacitate him. And it wasn't real. Laura put that there on purpose to play possum so she could get into the Hydra base. And she knocks out the guards and she tells Logan to get out and she tosses fucking explosives everywhere. And uh, Madam Hydra runs back to the command ship. She lifts off. Laura is climbing up the side of the ship. Logan goes after her and she kicks him off. And Laura confronts Madam Hydra, and Gauntlet even comes in and is like, whoop, you're screwed. And Laura's like, nope, she tosses explosives everywhere. And it shows from Logan's perspective how that ship with Madam Hydra, Laura, and Gauntlet in it just explodes in midair and crashes in fiery rubble. So S.H.I.E.L.D. and Fury come to this base and start arresting fucking Hydra agents. They arrest Omega Red, and Fury asks about Laura, and Logan is like, she didn't make it. But then as he gets onto the fucking S.H.I.E.L.D. helicopter, he stops, he sniffs, and then he smiles. So we know that Laura is okay, and then they show her running through the wilderness. So yay, everybody's happy. Yay. I thought that was so badass. She was just, she was so mad. She was, like, like so fucking impressive. Like, her planning, even though, you know, she they they, you know, walked into a trap. Like, she planned that. She wanted to get captured so she could get close to Madam Hydra, so she could get into the fucking Hydra base. 
so she could blow all of that shit up. That was amazing. That was amazing planning. And, you know, Logan was just kind of there along for the fucking ride with all of it. It was just, it was hilarious. But it's also sad, you know, because she's a fucking, she's a teenager. There was like one point in this episode, I, I think, where she was like, I wish I wasn't alive or something. Uh, something to that effect. And I'm oh, like, that's... she said she wished that they did erase her memories or something so that she wouldn't remember. It's just really sad to see this young girl go through all of this. And, you know, I mean, it's it's a bit different from what they did in the comics. And the comics got more in-depth with what happened to her at the facility where she grew up. And this was just sort of like a different like a, a an alternate universe aftermath of it um obviously hydra didn't really have anything to do with what happened to her in the comics but she was still so cool she's so cool but like a, it, again in a way it's just like really sad that she's so angry and that she's like sad to be alive and that she's just fucking living on the run because she also mentions too that like S.H.I.E.L.D. is after her. They both want her. S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA. So S.H.I.E.L.D. may be the quote-unquote good guys, but, like, their intentions aren't pure either, you know? And They're it's just not like, the good guys. We all know that. Yeah, but, like, it's just... I don't know. Again, this episode didn't quite, you know, hit me the way that her origin episode did. It was still badass to see her and Logan, like, fighting together and also showing Laura get her her revenge and I guess a little bit of freedom um, taking out Madam Hydra and at least, you know, some Hydra agents, I guess. I don't know. What did you think? I like this one again, not as much as her first appearance, but um, I think that it showed her just like in an awesome light, just kicking ass and, you know, just trying to take down all of this shit on her own. Like she takes after Wolverine a lot in that way. Yeah. So yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah. I also, I loved the way that this episode ended because, you know, this goes back to the beginning of the episode, you know, the, the, the new mutants not wanting to be taught by Scott and Jean. And like most of this episode is just illustrating how Logan is old. <laughs> he's an old man. He can't heal the way he once did. It's not like he's, I'm not saying that he's useless, but like there's this contrast to, you know, this young girl who, you know, is trying to fight the good fight and is trying to fight just for her freedom. And Logan is, you know, just... Logan is well past his prime, although he still is a teacher, and he's still trying to help young mutants, you know, and that's great. But also, we see here uh, how he says at the beginning to the new mutants, like, if Scott and Gene have something to teach you, it's probably worth learning. And then we circle back to that at the very end, where he sees Scott and Gene get control of the class, and we see the new mutants realize that Scott and Gene have something to teach them so we kind of see this moment where logan realizes that the future of mutants is probably in good hands there are young mutants out there who are capable of taking care of themselves and it was funny because you know bobby's like oh, i'm practically an x-man and you know we don't need to learn this stuff gene telekinetically lifts all of the new mutants in the air and scott does his fucking optic blast geometry to slice an apple and everybody's impressed i love that that was a great moment and uh, logan saw that and he smiled. And so it was just, it was a really nice sort of like heartwarming episode, even though a lot of it uh, was really sad for, for Laura. So I don't know. That's, that's what I thought. It was a good episode, though. That is good. So I'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com. 
Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and on Twitter at mutant musings. What did you think of X-Men Evolution? Is it your favorite X-Men cartoon? Join us in two weeks for a brand new episode. And again, next month for our Wolverine and the X-Men episode. And until then, physics, geometry, and math were right. Gene!